Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Yuta Padakamalam Sri Guru Vaishnavamstha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Dagunatam Vitam Tham Sajivam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakhan Vitamstha Magyana Timirandasya Yanangana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yenatasmai Sri Gravinamaha Siddhanta Potpalasara Nityarasika Mamsam Vilasatmakam Audarya Kyasudhama Sevakadanam Vishramba Bhakti Pradam Yachna Yukti Vichakshanam Dwagabidova Ishta Shaktiya Sada Vandeham Tripurari Namakayatim Shri Bhakti Vedantinam Manjagalpatarubhyascha Kripasindubhyayavacha Patitanam Bhavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishnaya Krishna Chaitanya Namine Gaurutvishe Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopiesha Gopika Kantaradha Kantanustute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Brindamanishari Brishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Haripriye Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhara Shivasari Shigaura Bhaktarinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Hare Rama Ivakkevalam Kalao Nastyeva 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 Gatiranyatam Welcome back, everyone, to the second part of this four-part series on the philosophy and uh, practice of giving class, giving talks in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Uh, welcome, especially to the persons that have, have signed up since, since uh, I started. Haribol, Karen, and Olav, nice to see you again. And uh, Haripriya, uh, Valeria, Maharha, and uh, our mystery number then at the end. And it's nice that uh, some of you put on, on the video. I like that very much so I can, I can see you. It's always a, a special treat to, to see the Vaishnavas. Uh, you know, in the in the song of of Narottam, when he's he is uh, singing about the the, the Vaishnavas, he says, uh, "How is it? Does it go in the Bengali? See if I can remember it." Now I can't remember it. Anyway, the point of the, that <laughs> verse, maybe some of you remember, is that that when you take bath in the Ganges, uh, after a while, you will become purified by the touch of the water of the Ganges. Darshani pavitra koro margun. But your quality, oh dear Vaishnava, is just by seeing you one is purified. So I have the experience of that 
feeling purified by your darshan today. Narayan Rasana. Today I'm going to speak about the uh, etiquette and the form of how to speak Krishna Katha. When people hear the word etiquette, they often uh, become nervous that, oh, there are some rules. There are some rules and some regulations. I'm probably going to make so many mistakes. And what will happen then? Uh, last week, uh, Shamananda started his series. Uh, and I was very curious to hear what he had to say. So I, I took part in his lecture as well. And afterwards he said that uh, it was embarrassing that you were there, Brigu. Why? Because he made some mistakes? No, not at all. And even if he had made a mistake, nobody would have become upset. Rules and regulations are not there to make us feel bad about making mistakes. But they are there to create uh, a form that will make uh, the whole experience of giving class uh, easier to grasp. If we don't have any, any idea of how to begin, how to end, uh, how to speak in the middle, it's much more difficult to structure and create the lecture. So there are, there are some rules and regulations. And these rules, again, they are meant to uh, help us to create a framework, which also means that in the beginning, when we start giving lectures, we're not going to be very original. And that is a quality. That's not a defect, that's a quality. In the beginning, we need to imitate. How do kids learn to speak, Karen? By magic? No, by imitating, by hearing what others are saying and then they try to say the same words themselves. It's like this with every kind of learning. We can learn in many different ways, of course, but one of the best ways is by imitation. So in the beginning, uh, we just need to try to do like uh, uh, people that we like. We've heard somebody's lecture. We try to do it in the same way. So there are some kind of basic things that we can think of when we do that. And again, following the rules is, is uh, meant to help us. Uh, for example, my students at the university, when they come and they, they join the university, there's so many things for them to, to learn. And they come from very different social backgrounds. Some come from families that were for many generations, they've studied at the university. Others come from families, uh, perhaps somewhere out in the countryside where they are the first person from their family to go to university. So they come from very different backgrounds, but they meet together. And then as students, they usually join some student uh, association. Uh, at my university, every subject 
like religious studies where I'm teaching, we have our student associations. Our students, they join that association. And then together they do different things. One thing that they do, for example, is they arrange these uh, student parties. In Swedish, they're called sits. I guess that comes from, from German. And uh, uh, that usually means uh, a kind of a formal dinner where they, they dress up. Uh, they, uh, they might have several courses to eat. There would be some, some drinks as well, of course. They are students after all. Uh, but it's kind of formal. And in the beginning, the students, they don't know anything. So they need to be taught that uh, now we're going to do like this. We're going to have this song first. And there will be many, many, there might be several forks and knives. And you have to start from this, you start from the outside, and then you use this. And then this glass is meant for this, and this glass is meant for that. And some of the students have no idea about these things from the beginning. They've never been to a, a formal dinner before. But by hanging out with the other students, they learn. And after a while, they know everything uh, much better than the, the teachers because they're kind of practicing with each other. So from the beginning, all those different glasses and all the different forks and knives, that all seems scary and difficult. But then when you learn that, then it just creates the framework for a fun party. So similarly with the rules for giving uh, a class. They are there to create the framework for uh, a way to share uh, your heart, really. Because even though there's some formality, the real life of the lecture, of course, is uh, what the speaker has to say and what the speaker has to share. That's uh, uh, why it's so beautiful, I think, that we have this this Tatva uh, Viveka uh, series where we have different types of, of, of speakers sharing their hearts. I don't know how many of you, for example, took part in, in the interview with uh, uh, Sripad Vaishnam Maharaj yesterday. But uh, those of you did, that did, uh, you, you will have, have seen how beautiful things he had to say. I, I really appreciated, for example, his, his story about uh, trying to find his, his talent. Those of you who heard probably remember this, that he was worried that he didn't have a talent. Everybody else has a talent. And he was just helping other devotees and realizing that everybody has a beautiful talent, but he doesn't. Until he realized that helping devotees is his talent. So he was sharing his heart. And uh, uh, so was Archana Siddhi who was conducting the interview. And similarly, uh, Shamananda, uh, Ashram Maharaj, uh, all the different devotees who have been, been giving these classes have been doing. So to create this form for sharing the heart, uh, different Vaishnavas uh, construct the lecture in somewhat different ways. And you'll find if you go to different Vaishnava movements that uh, they do it in a little bit different ways. For example, in, in ISKCON, which in the Western world is the, the of course, the largest uh, Gaudi Vaishnava organization, 
many of you have experience with this movement, so you know how they will they will start with singing first Radha Madhava, uh, and then uh, reciting this Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya three times. It's kind of cool, actually. Who remembers from where does this Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya come? Shamananda. It's from the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. I can't hear you. I'm, I'm not sure why. The first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Still nothing. I'm, I probably pressed some settings incorrectly. No. But maybe, can you write in the chat? Can you hear me now? No, now I hear yeah. Oh. Uh, the, the first verse of Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeah. But it's actually like an invocation to the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's, it's even before the first verse. Uh, and it's also found uh, uh, later on in the Srimad Bhagavatam. It's the mantra that Narada gives to Dhruva. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. It's an initiatory mantra. It's one of the mantras, for example, uh, that I mentioned in the Hari Bhakti Vilasa as a, as a Vaishnava mantra. But Prabhupada, uh, or perhaps it was one of his disciples, I'm not sure who had the idea to first start reciting that before class, maybe Ashram Maharaj knows. Uh, but it became uh, the, the system in ISKCON. Uh, my Guru Maharaj, he doesn't usually do that. But it's not we have a problem with that. It's just a different style. So you'll see different Vaishnava movements have different uh, systems. But there are some commonalities, nevertheless. While preparing for this class, I listened to some, some lectures online. Uh, I heard uh, the beginning of a, of a lecture by a, a, a sannyasi of the Madhva Sampradaya in Udupi. He was giving giving a, giving a talk in Telugu, and I don't know any Telugu. It just sounds like blah 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 like that for me. I have no idea what he was saying, but I understood the beginning of the talk because he started with what is called Mangala Acharana. Mangala Acharana means uh, uh, auspicious steps, auspicious first steps or auspicious beginning. And uh, in practical terms, it means to show our respects by usually reciting some prayers in Sanskrit. So this sannyasi from Udupi, before he started speaking in Telugu, he recited some, some Sanskrit verses. Uh, I didn't recognize most of them, but I could understand what they were about. First, there was a verse to uh, Krishna as the Supreme Brahman. Then there was a verse directed to Rama. Then there was a verse directed to the Guru. And then, and that was the coolest thing, then 
The first verse of the Srimad Bhagavatam, and then Yamprajanta Manupeta Mapeta Krityam. So a different, different Vaishnava Sampradaya. But the Srimad Bhagavatam is the same. So he was reciting verses from the Srimad Bhagavatam that could just as well have been recited by a Gaudiya Vaishnava. So different Vaishnavas have somewhat different style of beginning, but the common thing will be reciting uh, prayers. Why do we recite these prayers? At least for three different reasons. The first one, and maybe some can come up with more reasons. The first one is to create, create mangala, to create uh, auspiciousness. There is, of course, much power in sound, in sacred sound. So just saying words like uh, Krishna, Shri, Om, these kind of sacred sounds, uh, they will purify the audience. And most, most of all, they will purify the one saying them. So it's a very good way to kind of get into the mood. This is particularly important, of course, because uh, it's kind of nervous business to speak in front of other people, especially if you're not uh, accustomed to it. You can get quite nervous. So to recite something like this is a very good way to kind of turn inwards and find this inner strength and forget about the nervousness. I have to say, by the way, that I was very, very impressed by our Shamananda Prabhu last week when he started his, his series. And it's always nervous to start. And then there were some technical problems in the beginning. And he was totally cool. Maybe not on the inside, but on the outside, totally cool. And then just started beautifully speaking as soon as he had finished. If it had been me, uh, I would probably have died of, of nervousness, but he was just this cool Swedish guy. So beginning with prayers is a very good way to kind of calm ourselves down, purify ourselves and get into the mood of speaking, speaking Harikatha. So that's the first reason. Second reason is to show respect that's why uh, in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition, we usually recite prayers in a particular order. The, the prayers themselves may differ, but we usually follow a, a, an order of invocation. This order in Sanskrit is called krama, or step by step. So we usually begin by offering our respect to the guru, then to the Vaishnavas, then to Nityananda, then to Gaur, then to Krishna, and then to Radha. And there may be some uh, differences here. Like, for example, I didn't, uh, now when I recited verses, I didn't recite anything to Nityananda. And uh, after uh, Krishna and Radha, I recited the Panchatattva Mantra, and then the Maha Mantra, which of course is the essence of all mantras. 
And then after that, the, the so-called Brahmanama or, or the Harer Nama, Harer Nama, Harer Nama, Eva Kevalam verse. And here you will see that uh, among devotees, there will be different uh, tastes. Some people will like uh, some particular verses. And that's fine. You don't need to do exactly the same. In fact, I think it's beautiful when different devotees kind of reveal a little bit of their heart through what verses they choose. They may choose a particular verse for the Guru that perhaps reveals something about their own liking, a particular verse for Krishna, a particular verse for Radha. Maybe they will add a verse for Tulasi Maharani. Maybe they will add some verses for Krishna Balaram and so on. Actually, when you start to recognize verses, you can understand a lot about the speaker just by listening to what verses uh, she or he begins with. So reciting these verses is a way also for us to bow down because these are, are usually namaskara verses, verses where we are offering our respect. And of course, speaking Krishna Katha is something that is uh, in one way a very, very lofty thing to do. There's nothing greater that we can do with our tongues than speak about Krishna. So it makes total sense to before starting embarking on this task of speaking about Krishna to uh, bow our heads, bow our tongue, bow our speech in front of the Lord uh, and all of his associates, all of his expansions by reciting these kind of prayers. So these are two reasons for purification of the audience and the speaker for auspiciousness uh, um, and for showing respect. And the third one is for introduction. There are different types of Mangalacharana verses. Uh, some are for showing respect, Ashirvada. Some are for indicating the topic, Vastu Nirdesha. So sometimes uh, the speaker will recite not only these kind of standard prayers, but also some particular prayer or particular verse that will then create kind of the, the backbone of the presentation. Let's say if you're talking about the appearance of, of Krishna, perhaps you have picked out some particular verse then that describes this Leela or perhaps speaks about the philosophy behind it. And then you'll start expanding on this verse. After her having recited such verses, and again, this will be different for different Vaishnava movements, even within Gaudiya Vaishnavism, you'll see that people do it in slightly different ways. Many Vaishnavas then also add uh, some phrases where they offer their respect to their gurus in their own language, in the vernacular. In, in the Gaudiya Math, for example, it is customary to, to say something like, Sharra Pratami Ami Amar Dikka Guru Charan Kamale Koti Koti 
Shashtanga Dandavat Karumi or, some, or, or something like this, Kori, that uh, first of all, I offer my most humble Dandavats at the lotus feet of my initiation, initiating spiritual master. And then maybe after that, I offer my respectful Dandavat Pranams at the lotus feet of my Shiksha Guru. And then I offer my Dandavat Pranams at the lotus feet of all the Vaishnavas uh, attending this lecture. Please bless me so that I will be able to speak on Krishna Katha or something like this. And in a way, this is very formalized. But again, even though the words may be the same every time, the feeling can be different in the background. And then after this, uh, the lecture can then, then start properly. Now, when uh, speaking Krishna Katha, today in this COVID world, things are of course somewhat different than they were before. Giving a, a class on, on Zoom has its benefits. For me, for example, uh, who am very bad at names, it's so helpful to be able to see all of your names. Uh, I can see that that uh, uh, Carolina is there and Radha Madhava and Valeria and, and uh, uh, I can use all the names in my lecture. Uh, Pundarika Prabhu is, is there and so on. So that's one, one good benefit of, of Zoom, apart from the very fact that we can meet all of us in completely different parts of the world at the same time. But there are also, of course, challenges like Shamananda had to experience last time. Uh, things can happen with the, the technology. You can forget to press some button, the, the, the network connection can start giving you trouble and so on. And just the, the very fact that you just see each other's heads at most, of course, changes some things. Now, for example, it looks like I'm dressed really nicely as a Vaishnava, but if I would show you the whole picture, you'd see that I'm wearing jeans. So I'm, I'm cheating. Uh, but nevertheless, I made a little bit of an effort to look like a real Vaishnava because uh, uh, my Guru Maharaj thinks that these things are important. Vaishnava uh, dress is something that uh, reminds us of Vaishnavas and Vaishnavism. Uh, it's something that helps us kind of uh, get into the mood in a way. If I'm giving a, a formal talk at a conference or something like that, I find it helps me very much if I can feel confident about the way uh, that I look. If I know that I'm dressed in a, in a way that uh, uh, I, am, uh, I feel, feel good about, that helps create kind of a, a uh, a self-assurance in me that, that I'm going to be able to do this nicely. So why Vaishnava dress is not something that is essential for 
speaking Krishna Katha. Of course not, but it's something that can help. And particularly helpful, I feel, is the tilaka, wearing, wearing the tilaka. Speaking Krishna Katha, again, is uh, a very sacred thing. It's a very sacred thing. So I think it makes sense to, to prepare oneself uh, also when it comes to these kind of external things. Because we are not simply internal beings. We're not floating minds. You can't have anything internal without something external. You can't have anything external without, without something internal. We're a mix of both of these. So uh, we prepare internally by preparing for the class, by reciting these mantras, but also externally by, by dressing up. And, and, and if we can't uh, be real Vaishnavas, at least we can look like Vaishnavas, like Bhutana did. So uh, there are some uh, of these kind of uh, outer aspects also of a giving class. And some of these we can't really do in a Zoom setting. Ordinarily, the person speaking uh, sits on a special seat, on an asana. Uh, this can be sometimes a huge thing, like in, in Vrindavan, for example, if you go to one of the, the traditional temples in Vrindavan, the, the Saptadevalais, the, the seven uh, traditional oldest temples, uh, this, the, the asanas they have for the person speaking on the Srimad Bhagavatam, they look like, uh, like small houses, almost. Like, like there's a... Uh, or, or then it looks like... Uh, yeah, anyway, it has a little bit of a, of a, of a roof and there's like, like uh, uh, pillars and there's like a pul pulpit for, for the book and then a, a, a cushion for the speaker. And it's all elevated so that people can see and hear even if they're not sitting in the first row. But it's important to realize who this seat is for. Now I'm sitting just in an ordinary chair here in our summer house today. But when we have our weekly Bhagavatam evenings, uh, I sit on a, and if I'm, I'm uh, speaking on the Srimad Bhagavatam, I sit on a particular seat, a raised seat. Everybody else is sitting on the floor and I'm sitting like one and a half decimeters above the floor because I'm so holy and saintly. No, of course not. Because when I'm speaking on the Bhagavatam, I'm representing Vyasa. So I'm sitting on the Vyasasana, the seat of Vyasa. It's not Brigu's seat. It's the seat of Vyasa. So I'm sitting there, not because there is anything particular about me, but because the Bhagavatam is something very particular. So I'm sitting there in a particular role as the speaker of the Bhagavatam. And if anybody else speaks on the Bhagavatam, they will sit on that chair this doesn't need to be a, a big throne or a, or a little house like those temples in Vrindavan it can just be a a, a cushion that is uh, 
little bit higher than the others or can even be exactly the same, but it's actually nice if it's a little bit elevated above the others so that uh, the person speaking can be seen also by people who are not sitting in the first row. Some Vaishnavas also do a little bit of a ritual before they start speaking. For example, if they speak on the Srimad Bhagavatam, they may, uh, first of all, keep the Bhagavatam. Sometimes uh, it's, it's kept usually a little bit higher than the person speaking. So oftentimes there's a small pulpit in front or a, or a, a small box or something like this where the book, the book is kept. And many times the book is kept wrapped in a, a colorful cloth uh, just to kind of preserve the sanctity of the book and keep it safe from dust and insects and so on. And then before speaking, uh, the speaker uh, perhaps lifts the book to his forehead, opens the covering. And many times in India, they also do a small uh, puja of the book to, to respect, to show honor to the sacred scripture. Uh, ringing the bell, offering incense, uh, offering a tulsi leaf with some sandalwood pulp and uh, pasting that uh, on the inside of the cover of the, of the book. And then offering respects to the book and then starting to speak. These rituals uh, we don't do in, the, in Sri Chaitanya Sangha. I haven't seen anybody, anybody do that, but you can see that in... in uh, other uh, Vaishnava movements, especially in India. Again, they're not necessary, but they're nice. And every Vaishnava uh, in time will create their own uh, rituals, their own customs for how to, to begin the talk. So everything that I've said so far has been about uh, beginnings. How to proceed from there? Well, that of course depends on exactly what type of uh, talk we are delivering. There are different, uh, we, we could perhaps speak about two main categories of uh, lectures in Krishna consciousness. One could be called uh, readings and the other could be called lectures proper. Readings mean that uh, we read some particular sacred text and then uh, give some commentary uh, around that text. That's what we are doing on our uh, Bhagavatam meetings every week. We read a chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam and then, then speak about the verses. Uh, in Bengali, this is called part or, or reading. And this is the most common, common type of lectures within Gaudiya Vaishnavism. The, the speaker is going to speak on the Bhagavad Gita, on the Chaitanya Charitamrita, on the Bhagavatam, Manashiksha, whatever. And then, of course, the lecture will flow in a kind of natural way from where you start that day's reading, beginning with the verse after the one you left off last time, and then go 
perhaps only one verse. That's uh, the system in usually in ISKCON that you, you have one verse each time. You read the verse first. Uh, everybody repeats a few times. And then the speaker then expands on that verse. Perhaps uh, looking at the, the, the words of the verse uh, individually, perhaps focusing on Shla Prabhupada's commentary, or perhaps just taking a, a, a cue from the verse, but then really speaking about some uh, topical issue or, or something that is inspiring to the, to the speaker. The other type of lecture is then uh, where there is a particular topic for the lecture. Let's say the, the uh, appearance of some disappearance day of some saint or the appearance day of Narasimha Dev or, or something like this. So in this case, there's no particular text necessarily that you are reading from but there's some particular topic that you want to, to uh, open up and, and, and speak around for the devotees. So these types of lectures will have uh, fairly different forms. But I'll speak something about both of them uh, next time when I will focus more on, on the kind of uh, do's and don'ts for how to, 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 to structure what you're, you're speaking and how to deliver uh, the, the, the points you want to deliver. Some lecturers, uh, when giving talk, whether, whether it is uh, a reading, the first type, or whether it is a, a lecture, the second, the second type, uh, some speakers are not content to simply speak. They also sing. This is uh, particularly common with the so-called professional uh, Bhagavatam speakers. There are uh, people who in, in, in India and, and to some extent also uh, in the West uh, whose uh, livelihood is to speak on the Srimad Bhagavatam. So they arrange these uh, uh, kind of festivals. Usually the, the most typical one is the so-called Bhagavata Saptaha. Or, or seven days of reading the Srimad Bhagavatam, where uh, for seven days they will give lectures. They will not go through the whole Srimad Bhagavatam, but they will focus on some particular stories and some particular parts of the Srimad Bhagavatam in, during seven days. And many of these persons are very expert. You can find, you can find very uh, inspiring and, and, and fun also videos to, 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 to listen to, if you know, particularly if you know Hindi or Bengali online. There's a, there's a Bhagavat speaker uh, who's quite popular in North India today, whose name is Devi Chitraleka. She's a, a female young Bhagavatam speaker. She's kind of a, she used to be kind of a child evangelist like, like you have in the United States, these, these kids who speak on the scriptures. So she started when she was really, really young. Now she's perhaps 25 or something like that. But she started when she was really young. And uh, one of the things she does very beautifully is, is, uh, is shift from speaking to song. 
so so she can speak about uh, Krishna uh, dancing on the hoods of the Kaliya snake, and then while speaking, then she will break out in song, and there will be a small band with her, and they will start playing, and uh, some people in the audience can also join the singing. And many of these Bhagavata speakers, they're expert with this. Uh, I once heard one, uh, one Goswami from the, the uh, from Vrindavan, from, from the Madan Mohan temple, or not from the, from the Advaitavat temple, just nearby Madan Mohan. Uh, he gave a, a, a class uh, or, a, or a lecture on the Bhagavatam in, in Kolkata in an ashram where I was staying. And it was very uh, fun to listen to it, even though my Bengali wasn't so good so, at that time, so I didn't understand so much. But just to hear him speak and see how he was doing it, how he was kind of uh, jumping into a song, then uh, telling some joke, then going back to something more serious. So some Vaishnavas do like this. And not only these kind of professional speakers because of course there is a critique of them because uh, uh, they do it as a religious performance but also to get money and this is something that many of our Gaudiya Vaishnava teachers have been critical of uh, you kind of, of, of prostitute uh, the spiritual teaching in this way but also many pure devotees uh, I've done the same. Gorgovinda Maharaj, for example, he sometimes used to do like this, that he would he would speak and then change it into a song. And his disciples then, of course, who, who knew his kind of repertoire of songs, they were able then to, to pick up and, and join in the singing. Uh, that's quite beautiful if, if you know how to do that. And of course, if you know how to sing. So uh, that's something that some... Uh, Vaishnava uh, speakers do. I know that Guru Maharaj has has uh, tried that sometimes, hasn't he? Guru Nishta, you're there. He, uh, Guru Maharaj wanted do, to do that for a while, didn't he? Are you there, Guru Nishta? And Ashram Maharaj is also, he's, he's writing, yes. Sorry, Rigo, I was uh, in the gardens. I, so, I lost my folks. What? We don't see it so often, but sometimes. Now, uh, when the lecture is, is, uh, is over, you can also end the lecture in slightly different ways. In some Vaishnava uh, movements, you begin the lecture with the Kirtan like in Iskon with Radha Madhava. It can be another song as well. Uh, and it's quite sweet to me to see these uh, uh, differences between different Vaishnava movements and how they, they uh, speak about the same things, but in slightly different ways. Uh, when I did my, my PhD, I went around uh, in India interviewing Gaudiya Vaishnava gurus in different places. And one of the places I... I went to is a small town called Gopi Ballapur in uh, uh, on the border between Bengal and Orissa. 
it's the so-called Sripat of Rasikananda. Rasikananda was the disciple of, of Shamananda, one of the, the, the three uh, big preachers of the, the generation after the generation of the, the Goswamis. So Rasikananda, he made his headquarter there in Gopiballapur, and, and there's still a, a, a temple there with, uh, where his descendants are, are keeping up the worship and uh, initiating disciples. And they had a very sweet system there that they, they before the classes, they would sing songs of Narottam Thakur, songs of Rasikananda. Uh, and then they had a, a, a verse that they would sing that was unique for that particular place. Jayoprabhu Shamananda, Sri Rasikananda, Sri Gopi Balabapura, Sri Radha Govinda. So just uh, in a very simple kind of sing-song verse, uh, offering respect, respect to Shamananda, Rasikananda, Gopi Balabapur, that holy place, and Radha Govinda, the deities. So that was a, an example of how something can be kind of uh, even locally kind of uh, different from, from in other places. So some like to begin with the kirtan, some also like to end with the kirtan. It's quite common in the Gaudiya Math, for example, that uh, uh, after the class, uh, everybody breaks in into a, a very kind of upbeat uh, kirtan. There's been a class, sometimes it's, it goes on for a long while and people are starting to nod off or something. And then, Hari Haraya Nama Krishna Yadavaya Namaha Yadavaya Madavaya Kishavaya Namaha Gopal Govindaram Sri Madhusudan Giridari Gopinath Madanamohan Sri Chaitanya Nityananda Sri Advaita Sita and so on and so forth. So that's a very kind of fun and kind of festive way how to, to end the class. Another way to end is to, to end by uh, uh, again offering respect. Uh, I do that, for example. Jayu Mishnapad, Bang Sabaravraj Gachari, Astotar Stashishma, Jai, Jayu Mishnapad, Jai, 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 like this. This is called Prema Dvani or, or words of love, where, which also follow the same kind of krama or the same kind of order as in the beginning. Uh, beginning with the Guru, then going in the Guru Parampara. You can do it in different ways. You can just mention some of the main Gurus. Uh, the way I do it, I go through the whole kind of uh, Bhagavata Parampara uh, up to Mahaprabhu. And then there's different, again, uh, variants of how to, which, which persons to mention, which uh, places to mention. You could do it in very different ways. When we are doing uh, Mangalarti at home, Saragrahi and I, sometimes if I want to irritate Saragrahi, I make a very long Premadvan. And not just all these ordinary, but then like, Audaridam ki jai, Madhuvandam ki jai, Radhagovinda bhajan kutir ki jai, bhajan ashram ki jai. Nandagram ki jai, Varshna ki jai. So you can make it as long or as short as uh, you feel that the, the occasion demands. Uh, 
but it's a nice way to to end because then again you're kind of taking the attention away from yourself and putting it on persons who are actually holy persons because when we are offering respects it's not only for self-purification it's not only for introducing the topic it's not only for creating auspiciousness it's also for reminding ourselves that uh, when speaking on krishna katha we should feel ourselves and, and really endeavor to make ourselves follow in this what bhaktisiddhanta calls the shrautapanta or the the part of listening whatever we we speak is something that we have heard and it's a very good practice to to manifest this in in uh, in what you speak to give uh, respect to the persons that you've learned from your teachers uh, to give respects to the seniors and this of course you can do in so many different ways while speaking you can you can mention things that you've learned from others uh, like uh, how i i really appreciated the way in which shamananda was able to deal with that technical difficulty uh, or or uh, uh, in other ways to to glorify other vaishnavas is always something that would be very useful uh, not only for ourselves but also for creating this kind of community where everybody feels that they are are included and and where they can feel that that uh, people are taken uh, seriously as practitioners ashram maharaj is writing something here in the in the chat guru maharaj would also anticipate a topic and pick a bhajan based on that topic and he would say something that would signal the bhajan and Agni Dev would launch into the song in the middle of the talk. It was really sweet. Uh, and Madangopal wrote, yes, we did mid-class bhajans with Guru Maharaj for a little while. It was awesome. Guru Maharaj would make a point and then quote a line from a song and we would sing a line or a whole song. Uh, this doesn't work on Zoom, unfortunately, but uh, when we get back to, to real life at some point i i really hope that uh vaishnavas can do this it's it's a very fun way to kind of enliven uh, lectures not that lectures aren't enlivening even without that in our uh, tattva viveka series but uh, i hope this is something that vaishnavas can can take up again so this is what i wanted to to speak about today the kind of form and an etiquette and and you notice that i gave many different varieties and i gave many different examples of how devotees are doing in different ways but i wanted to kind of, of show how there are some basic themes beginning with offering obeisances reciting verses uh, by the way i should say that uh, not everybody does this uh, kind of personally i've seen that some speakers uh, they will uh, play a recording of the guru reciting the verses and that's nice as well but to be honest i prefer it when uh, uh, the speaker uh, says the verses uh, uh, herself or himself to me it's it's uh, it's more sweet and it doesn't need to be musically perfect or perfect from the point of view of sanskrit pronunciation uh, the main thing is that we we kind of 
open our heart by showing uh, who we are worshiping and who we are respecting ourselves. So to begin with this, then during the class to, to show respect to our teachers, to the other Vaishnavas, and then at the end, again, to, to uh, uh, end with a kirtan or end with uh, Prema Devani or something like this. So they, those were some, some ideas about the etiquette of, of giving class. And I spoke a little bit also about these kind of uh, external things about what to wear, wearing tilak, sitting on the asana, not being mental about that, that, oh, how can I sit higher than the other Vaishnavas? You are not sitting higher than the other Vaishnavas. It's the Bhagavatam that is sitting higher. It's the speaker on Krishna Katha that is sitting higher. Uh, you're not sitting here listening to Brigu. You're sitting here because you want to learn about this particular topic. I don't need to feel feel too much shy about speaking because it's it's not about me. It's about learning more about how to speak in Krishna consciousness. So this is an important thing, not to put ourselves in the center, but to put the Srimad Bhagavatam, to put Krishna, to put the topic in the center. So any questions or comments this time? Yes, Rasana. Question. So today you stressed that the I don't know why I'm not hearing. Maybe if I No, they have to yeah. go in the small globe, click English and oh, mute English. original okay. audio. Okay. Today you stressed about the attitude when we are giving the lectures, yes? So can you share with us the situation when you have a different approach to the audience uh, or so ever and was different results uh, of this or because this attitude is so important. So uh, did you experience the same situation that your approach or your attitude uh, was very, very nicely, very humble, or in different ways, and the results of this lectures of this class was different. Mm. Thank you. That's an interesting question. Uh, yes, I can say that I've had the experience of of sometimes, sometimes feeling more inspired afterwards when when I felt that I kind of let go of of. Uh, of myself and just kind of spoke spoke uh, with with some inspiration then afterwards i feel like sometimes i even feel like oh that was kind of a nice class uh, because i kind of i i let go of of uh, thinking that i need to kind of be in control or something like that but i think uh, more important than that is to realize that uh, like Krishna is stressing over and over in the Gita that we are not the doers in one sense. We are not in charge 
of the results of our actions. Like Rasan, I'm sure you learned this verse uh, in, in, in your first years of Krishna consciousness. Karmani vadikaraste ma pali shukarachana ma karma palayetubur ma tesangostva karmani from the Gita. You are allowed to do uh, karma, action, but you are not allowed to get attached to the results. And you shouldn't also become attached to not performing your duties. So uh, we're not in charge of the results of our talk. Uh, I can give you a couple of examples of this. Once I was giving a, a, a lecture uh, to some yoga people and uh, somebody asked, and I was speaking about, uh, I don't remember exactly, I was speaking about Patanjali's Yoga Sutra. So it wasn't, I was mixing in, in a little bit of bhakti, but it wasn't very much bhakti. So the, one person asked about angels, which was kind of an out of the blue question because I wasn't speaking on that topic at all. But this person asked, but what do you think about angels? And I was, um, well, uh, um, well, uh, Patanjali doesn't say anything about angels, but uh, he and then I said something about how, how in the in the ancient Indian uh, conception of the world there are many different types of living beings, and as humans we don't know that much about those that are above us. So there are apsaras and gandharvas and so on and so forth, and some of these we could call angels if we want. So this was part of a series and this particular boy who asked the question, he never came back. And I wasn't very surprised because I'd never met him before. So I thought maybe he just dropped in and, and uh, yeah. So he never came back, but afterwards I met somebody else who knew him. And, uh, and I asked about this boy that he, he never came back. No, he really hated the way you spoke about angels. And <laughs> I didn't have any intention to kind of speak badly about angels, but somehow he felt that the way I spoke about angels was uh, denigrating and not taking him seriously and making him feel like he posed a stupid question or something like this. Uh, and this is important. This is something I learned that uh, you can try your best, but you're not in charge of what you're saying. Another time uh, I was uh, uh, giving a talk and having a kirtan also to some yoga people at a different place, different time. And uh, after the kirtan, during the kirtan, I saw that there was one lady, she was sitting just next to the door, as far away from me as you could, just next to the door. She was sitting like this. whole time she was sitting like that middle-aged Finnish woman and I was sitting there and thinking well you can't win them all that's that's just how it is and then after the class she came up to me Mons that's my secular name Mons I just wanted to tell you that this was the best thing in the whole retreat so far so uh, sometimes again you're not in control of people's reactions and people don't always react in the way you're expecting so this boy he got upset about the angel answer this woman really liked the kirtan but she showed it in a 
kind of Finnish way. So, so uh, uh, the result for ourselves will uh, differ reg regarding how we are kind of uh, giving the class. If we are putting ourselves in the center or if we're trying to put Krishna and Krishna Kata in the center. But in either case, the result for others is not only up to us and mainly not up to us. And this, I think, is very important to realize. Uh, and not to get attached, not to get attached to, to the result of whatever we are saying. Like when we are having our programs at home, and I'm, I, I so, I'm sorry if it sounds like I'm advertising this so much, but it's just because this is a regular thing, so it's, it's kind of something that is close to my heart. Uh, sometimes we have a we have a small group of people coming so sometimes we're like 10 and that's a lot sometimes it's just me and saragrahi but when it's just me and saragrahi we still do it because we decided like this that this is the bhagavatam evening so if nobody else comes then we'll do it just the two of us and this is it's only once happened in many years in like we've been doing this for years so it's only once happened that it's just been Saragrahi and me. But it's a good thing uh, that it's happened at least once because it's it's uh, shown us that sometimes it can be like this. And we shouldn't be kind of in it for the amount of people or anything like that. We're doing this to speak about Krishna and purify ourselves. Any other question or, or comment? I wanted to say that the more you speak, the more fearful I become of giving a class. <laughs> Just because of all the, um, can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Just because of all the training we had growing up that we were, you know, women are stupid and they don't have any brains and they don't know how to give a class and only then should give class so you know all all that you're saying is really wonderful but it's um yeah it's instilling all this fear in me oh i'm really sorry to hear that, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. because i, I i'm uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. opposite of what i like to because uh, obviously Prabhupada was of a different opinion as to, to who can give give a talk. He said many times in his discussions and in his letters that uh, uh, boys and girls, boys and girls, he, he he and his students of course at that time were boys and girls. They were very young. So, so this kind of idea that women shouldn't give class. I know it became a thing in ISKCON uh, in uh, maybe 73 or 74. I've read about that and I've, I've heard uh, uh, how, how senior Vaishnavis have spoken about that. But that's a very unfortunate thing. And uh, 
I don't know, I wasn't there. I don't know why it came about like that, but uh, it's something very unfortunate and something I think we should really work to, uh, to break. And especially when it comes to, to persons like, like Sumati's interview on Arshana Siddhi's uh, series uh, last week. That was the thing she said, like I've never heard anybody uh, speak about the Tatte Nukampam verse with such realization. Like this is a verse we've heard so many times, Tatte Nukampam Susamikshamano, a person who, who humbly accepts whatever uh, karma comes their way, but keeps on worshiping the Lord uh, with body, minds and mind and words will become eligible for, for liberation or eligible for, for bhakti. When she spoke about that, it really made an impression, at least on me. So definitely uh, uh, there isn't any, any, there shouldn't be any, any difference between, between uh, genders when speaking Krishna Katha, but but uh, like, like I mentioned last time, ideally the persons who have a, a realization and who, who know the philosophy, but there should be different types of speakers because there are different types of hearers. Recently, I've been, been listening to, to Namrasa's uh, podcasts, the one where, where Guru Maharaj was the other week. And he has so many fun podcast where he, he's interviewing different devotees, so completely different types of devotees. I was listening to this, this one uh, uh, lady, Kishori, Kishori Jani. She was speaking about uh, uh, um, something from her own perspective about uh, uh, um, feminism from, from a particular perspective. I've heard some, some uh, Kripamoy, uh, Namrasa's father-in-law, he was speaking about uh, uh, guru issues. Urmila Mataji was speaking about something. So very different types of speakers. And they will all have different people that like them. Some people will love one of them and hate another. That's fine. Or maybe not so fine to hate Vaishnavas, but, but it's, it's fine that we have different likings. So there should be different types of speakers uh, so that we can reach uh, a varied audience. And I still think, uh, Marha, that it would be wonderful if you, could, if you could speak because I know you would have so many things to say. But I'm sorry if I made you feel scared. I really, really didn't mean that. And it's a good example of how you're not always in control of what well, you didn't make me scared in the sense that what you said was scary or everything you said was really wonderful. It's just that it brought back so much fear from the early days and to just, you know, to speak would be like really hard to, to retrain my um, brain, you know. We weren't. We were asking. Not even get asked a question because we didn't. We weren't smart enough. So to even, I remember asking Guru Maharaj questions, and it was really hard for me. It probably still is, but yeah. So it's just the you know the voices that we've been 
heard for years, uh, 50 years now, so it's a, it's a long time. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. Ali Yugopavana, you, you wanted to read a Spanish question. Thank you for thank you for that question and and thank you also for your question. Uh, they, I don't think there's a particular mantra for that, but but uh, uh, what you're saying, of course, is completely true. This is a good meditation to think that uh, that I'm 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 speaking on behalf of my Guru Maharaj, and that's why also in the beginning, uh, our lectures are going to be kind of uh, unoriginal in the sense that we're going to repeat what we've heard almost word by word. That's not a bad thing. Uh, even using the same examples, even using the same kind of language, sometimes even reading, reading from a book, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Uh, and then in time, perhaps we will become a little bit more kind of creative. Uh, but it's a very good meditation to think like this, that I'm speaking on, on behalf of my Guru Maharaj and, and of the, the lineage of teachers. I'm representing this lineage. I shouldn't say anything that uh, would make them kind of look badly upon me, say something that is, is contradicting what they are teaching. Uh, but I don't think there's a specific mantra for what you're asking about. There, there are there are some mantras like in puja. Uh, how does it go? Divyam Sri Harinan Mandira Tilakam and so on. Like when you're meditating on the form of the guru, and then then at the end that, that I am I am sitting in front of this Sri Guru and ready to accept uh, service or, or like before before doing puja you can also say this Sri Guru Paramananda Premananda Palaprada Vrajananda Pradananda Sevayam Maniyojaya Oh blessed Guru Sri Guru Paramananda the highest bliss Sri Guru Paramananda Premananda Palaprada you give the gift of the bliss of Prema Vrajananda Pradananda Sevayam Maniyojaya you who give the bliss of Raja, Ananda Sevayam Maniyoje, please engage me in blissful service. 
So this is a nice verse. Shri Guru Paramananda Premananda Palaprada Vrajananda Pradananda Sevayam Mani Ojaya. Lots of anandas there, so it's it's uh, easy to to learn. And you can find it, I'm sure, on online. It's there in in different uh, puja uh, manuals as well. In in uh, uh, several of the different manuals out there, you'll find it. But otherwise, I can't think of any particular mantra for this. We've gone over time already. I'm, I'm sorry for that. Uh, thank you again for your interest. I, I hope that you will all take part in, in the other lectures in this uh, Tatavivyaka series. I'm trying to do that as much as I can myself. Tomorrow uh, we have uh, Shamananda Prabhu, isn't it? And uh, and then every day there's uh, something Guru Maharaj, of course, on, on, on Sunday. So I hope to see all of you in, in as many of these as possible. Jai Shishi Guru Gauranga Gandavika Giridari Shishi Radhamandan Mohanrada Gubinarada Gupinata Radhamandarada Shamsundara Radhamandarada Gukulana Radhamadava Doji Gopal Nitai Go, Shishar Buj Giridajiki, Jai, Jain Shabar, the Rung Supervaja, Kachari, or Stotter Shatashi Shimad, Bakti Vedan to Pripurari, Go Swamaraj, Lagurdiki, Jai, Join it, Liberation of Mishnapar, Bahetchanada, in the Bakti Vedan to Swamaraj, Lopaki, Jai, Join it, Liberation of Mishnapar, Bakti Rakshakshi, that you go Swamarajiki, Jai, Join it, Liberation of Mishnapar, Bakti Sidanta Sursidi, Go Swamaraj, Lopata Kurki, Jai. Jai Gurki Shodas Babji Maraj Ki Jai Jai Shachidana Namutta Go Bhaktinod Ki Jai Jai Vaishnava Sharubo Mushla Rabinatas Babji Maraj Ki Jai Jai Gauri Vananta Charishla Balli Bidibushan Prabhu Ki Jai Jai Vishnu Chakrati Thakur Ki Jai Jai Shinivashamana Narottam Prabhu Trai Ki Jai Jai Krishna Askavraj Goswamaraj Ki Jai Jai Vyasavatar Shri Brindamandas Thakur Mashai Ki Jai Jai Shri Shri Rupa Sanatana Bhattaraganata Shri Jeeva Gopala Bhattaraswaganatra Goshum Prabhu Ki Jai Jai Namachara Shlaharasta Kurki Jai Jai Rai Ramanandari Gaur Parshavrinda Ki Jai Jai Primsa Gosha Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gradara Shivasa Shri Gaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Jai Shantarvip Maya Pursimantarvip Maya Dvip Koladvip Retudvip Chanudvip Maya Dvip Modradumadvip Godrumadvip Rudradvip Atmakashri Navadvip Dham Ki Jai Jai Shri Shirada Krishna Gopakopiko Govardhan Arvadashavanatmakashri Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai Dvadashopavan Ki Jai Jai Shamukundaradha Kunda Ganga Yamuna Tulsi Bhaktadevi Ki Jai Jai Shri Purushottam Dham Ki Jai Jai Jagannath Baladev Subhadra Sudarshan Ki Jai Jai Bhakti Vignavanashran Karishin Shingadeva Bhagavan Ki Jai Bhakta Paravar Paralad Maharaj Ki Jai Char Vaishnava Sampraday Ki Jai Char Vaishnava Chari Ki Jai Char Dham Ki Jai Char Vita Ki Jai Grandaraj Shimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai Akaramataraj Shri Chaitanamat Ki Jai Tariya Shakramatasama Ki Jai Sri Chitmana Sangha Ki Jai Anantakodevaishnava Vrinda Ki Jai Bhuvan Mangalari Nam Sankirtan Ki Jai Samagata Gaur Bhaktarinda Ki Jai Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Gaur Shri Mandri Prabhu Ki Jai Jai Hari Gaur